I guess I should say that, um, you know, I will, my July movie, uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what it is at this point. I didn't watch it. I don't know that I'm going to get to it because there's only two hours and 59 minutes left in July. That's about the length of a movie though. I mean, well, considering recording time, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, if this is the Hobbit one, then I'm going to like tell you, you're going to have to watch it. Let let me pull up your movie list. I have to I have to do it now. While you pull that up, I can say that I I did watch Hoarders, so I I'm on board there. Um, and um, oh man, those people got problems. Um, I don't I don't know that I'm like uniquely inspired inspired like after this to just go clean. That's not the case. I would say, um, but there was a part of me that was like. I guess I should say, I don't want to deep clean, but I, there was a part of me that was like, man, I need to like dust some stuff or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, just tidy up a little bit, you know, like baby steps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's like a car lover. Like, I didn't make me want to go wax my car, but I definitely wanted to wash the car, you know, or something like yeah. that. And it was like, it was like, oh man, oh, just any amount of dust then was like, oh, that that's too much dust. <laughs> you look in the kitchen or you have some like clothes on the floor. You're like, Oh, I'm such a slob. <laughs> you like yeah, pick exactly. up your clothes and put them away. Yeah. And that, that's, that's really what it is. And the more you watch, like the more you're, you're challenging yourself. See, it's almost like medication, you know, like you're just challenging yourself. You're, you're going through therapy. You're just getting better. So the, I'd say if you kept watching it and if they had a digital hoarders episode, I would totally produce that and uh, film you, you know, like, all right, Lou, you just have to drag this to the trash can. Just drag it to the trash can. <laughs> just one thing. Just one thing. He's like, oh, I may want to watch this cat video later, though. It's like, Lou, just drag it to the trash can. You just You have 18 of these cat videos. You just have to drag one to the trash can. Come on. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Do you ever see, I know I'm asking you a, a movie, and you said you haven't watched movies recently, but uh, do you ever see Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Uh, yes, I have seen that one. So there's a scene where he's like looking at all the old pictures. And then Bill Hader goes up and then press like command a and then delete. Have you seen, do you remember that part? Yes, I do. I do remember that part. I did not remember the actor's name. Oh yeah. So it's so funny. Cause he president command and he's like, no, he's just screaming. <laughs> uh, I totally that's... picture you doing that to me. That's like exactly what you would do. Yep. There it's done. Like, yeah. It's done. <laughs> it's so funny because like, I guess the closest person to a hoarder that I've lived to in my life would be my mom. And my mom's not really good with paper. She keeps a lot of paper around and more paper than I'm ever comfortable keeping. And so I'm the extreme opposite. Like I, I throw away every piece of paper that I, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things like you take with you from childhood, you know, your parents did this, so you're not going to do that or whatever. And, um, paper is one of those things for me. And she was so bad with paper. And, um, I was always like, when I was young, I was just like, look, I can solve all of this for you. Every piece of paper in this house is replaceable. I promise. I don't care if it's even a social security card, all these like birth certificates, all these like important papers that people keep, you can get it back. And I mean, granted, I don't throw away those items for myself, but at the same time, I was like, she was like, well, what if it's in this stack or whatever, you know? And so I would always just be sort of the command A delete kind of mentality. I'd be like, look, there is a dumpster on the side of the house. And if that's not big enough, I'll get another one. And <laughs> we'll just throw it all in. And then guess what? It's all done. 
It's done. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to, because she would always be trying to find some piece of paper she knew had something on it and she could never find it because she had the equivalent of like probably five reams of paper, you know, laying on a desk or something. And I was like, oh God, mom. So yeah, that was the closest to hoarders I got. But see, you can't, you can't just command to delete everything. Like that's the problem, right? And from watching hoarders, you should know this. It's like, hey, we just can't get rid of all of it. Like you have to work through the process. Same thing with your mom. So uh, I, I do want to, so I, I gave you a couple orders episodes to watch. And did you watch those specific ones? Yes, I did watch those specific ones. Okay. Uh, what did you think about the bucket situation? So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, that was kind of like, for me, that was like one of the, the, the worst ones. Ugh, yeah, I, that I one mean, was bad. That one was rough. <sighs> Like that. I mean, they, they all are bad in their own way. Don't get me wrong. Like they they have some. Um, the the one the one that I felt was like the nastiest and more for emotions was. Um, oh God, what was their what was her name? Um, female woman. Um, she had moved to the south. She had got a ton of purses and stuff like that, and um, she. I'm looking at the names. Uh, Teresa, I think is her name. Um, so she got a ton of purses and she was like, almost like mean to her kids. Like, and the kids were trying to help her out and, and be like, Hey, this purse can be thrown away or whatever. And as soon as the crews left, she was, she would just turn nasty, like, and just turn on the family. And, oh man, like that is the type of person, like, I don't care how bad the hoarding is. That's like a toxic human being to me. Ugh. Yeah, it, it it's rough. Like these people, like you said, they they have some problems, and uh, you know sometimes it's hard to watch. But ugh. so okay, so as someone who's seen a bunch of these, did do, do you have like of, of the episodes I watched? What was the one you felt was like the worst? I mean, the worst one is like when you're dealing with human waste, right? Like, I'm sorry, but yeah. if that's and that. That woman clearly, you know, was not fit to live on her own anyway, right? Like there was, she definitely needed some assistance just in day-to-day tasks, you know, and processing things. So I think there was something bigger going on there, but yeah, man, th- those are the ones that are the worst. The The pet horde ones are really bad. I don't think I included any of the pet horde ones, but when people have like 20 something cats, um, something crazy like that, that's when it's, those are the hard ones to watch. Any human waste and any cat ones, No. So I've heard of the the cat ones or or any pet ones where they literally sort of find like a dead cat in the house and the person doesn't even know that there's a dead cat or whatever because they've got so many of them they don't even realize that one's gone missing or something. Yeah, it's more like they find like three or four dead cats. Yeah, but yeah, and, uh. then, <laughs> and the other thing too is like the cats that they 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 capture or that they you know. Um, recover from the house a lot of them have like infections and you know breathing issues and some have to even be put down it's like geez man like i know you thought you were taking care of all these animals but like you were slowly killing them and that's when they say that to those people too it's like whoo it's it's brutal so those are the ones that i i can't do um no uh so on to happier things (laughs) the movie you were supposed to watch for july was saving private ryan (laughs) yeah. <laughs> wow that was i went from dark to darker yeah but, so uh, <laughs> um i'm actually safe to say you can skip that one because i think you've already watched it before 
Yeah, so I, I kind of have. Um, this is one where I've definitely seen the first, I think the first part of the movie. Is the first part of the movie where they come up on the beach? I'm assuming so. To be honest, I haven't watched Saving Private Ryan. I have no intention of watching Saving Private Ryan, but when you said you had watched war movies or, you know, that kind of stuff, that's why I threw it in there. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll give you the background on Saving Private Ryan. For me, like, the... It was one of those things when... Do you remember when, like, projectors were starting to come into houses where people could, like, actually afford to buy a projector? This was probably 10 years ago or more now. And... um I don't know. I think it was my dad's friend or something like that got a projector. And so he had like a hundred inch TV screen in his house and he hooked up like surround sound and stuff like that. And, um, he was like, Hey, you know, you should come over and check it out. And so we went over and checked it out. And the best scene he thought to put on, on the hundred inch screen was saving private Ryan. So I think we watched like half of the movie or something like that. And, there's the scene where they come up on the beach and, you know, he's basically working his way up the beach and it, you just hear bullets, you know, just going past the camera and, and essentially him because you're looking through his eyes pretty much. And it was nuts. And, um, for someone who was, I was actually, I should say probably 15 years ago now or something like that. I was pretty young. It was like, Whoa, war movie like you know that was kind of a lot for me to process at that time but um i appreciated the the, like rawness that the film had so that was that was cool yeah so i've never been a big fan of like war movies in general but uh there's this podcast called uh, hardcore history and they talk about like world war one and some of like the the retellings from people who like journaled about what it was like there and yeah man it's it's intense like it really makes you think about you know, why that is the last option, right? It's like when all diplomacy has failed, this is what ends up happening because this is horrible for all parties involved. So yeah, I'm okay with you. Skip it. Like not, not a fan of war movies. Don't need to, don't need to watch them. Um, more so because like, I don't have the stomach for it. It's just, it's intense. And even hearing about it gets me like kind of worked up. So no. I don't, I don't need to watch a visual medium of a retelling. So, okay. So, uh, since you have my list in front of you, what is my August movie since that's tomorrow? Uh, so your August movie is Ip Man, which is a foreign film, uh, about a martial artist. Wait, do I, do I have to watch like subtitles then? Yep. You got to read subs. Uh, Ugh. but it's, it's a great martial arts movie and it's, uh, with Donnie Yen is the actor and, it's about Ip Man, who was the one of the trainers for Bruce Lee. So uh, he specializes in a very specific style of martial arts called uh, Wing Chun, I think is uh, the correct term. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's it, it's a very good it's it's a good movie because there's lots of it's a good martial arts movie. So I know when we created this list, it was like, hey, here's all the different types of genres you know, here's one that I think you'll like from every genre, essentially. So this is kind of your dipping your toe into that. So give it a watch and just know that they're doing all of these crazy, you know, stunts themselves. And it's pretty, pretty awesome. Okay. So is it safe to say this one's more action, I guess? Uh, There's still some drama to it, uh, just because it is kind of a biography of this person's life um or a, a retelling almost so there is kind of some drama that goes with it but there are very long drawn out sequences of a fight fighting so it, it kind of breaks it up nicely 
Like you'll have some slow periods where there's some plot building, some character development. And then it's like, Hey, you know what? You know, it's the best way to build some character development. Let's just, you know, fight each other. It's like, yeah, that's, that's good. I like that. Do that. <laughs> nice. Okay. Very cool. I will uh, find a way to fit that in in the next uh, 30 days, but probably sooner than that. And uh, we'll talk about it since it's something you've definitely seen. Yeah. Cool. So uh, this week, something I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, music. And uh, I know for you, Adam, music is definitely a, a big part of your life in terms of both making and consuming music. So uh, the everybody knows you love to make music. And I think everybody knows that you love to consume uh, lots of Taylor Swift into your ears. So um, I guess I want to kind of start sort of broad and and we'll kind of dive down deeper and deeper. But um, I guess when do you prefer to listen to podcasts versus music? Because, I mean, I'm kind of going to separate the two. And I know that you and I both do a podcast and therefore we listen to a bunch of podcasts. But when is music time for you versus podcast time? So I I don't like to treat podcasts as background noise never have never never really enjoyed that because it, the podcasts that i listen to the ones that i subscribe to they're ones that i actually like want to get some information from or actually want to actively listen to so when i listen to podcasts it's mainly on commutes so like when i'm going to and from um like let's say on the bus that's usually when i'll turn on a podcast uh when i need to work out or when I need to just kind of get into the groove of something, right? Like Emperor, you know, Emperor's New Groove. I just need to get into my groove. Uh, that's when I turn on music. So music will be like throughout the day, like if I'm working or if I'm programming or if I'm doing something that I can kind of just put on music that will kind of get my feet tapping. That's when I'll, I'll use music over podcasts is something I almost treat music more like background noise, but I don't want to call it that because I am actually listening to the music and usually it's music that I've listened to many times. So it's like, I'll put on like a favorite tune for like kind of getting in into the groove of something. So I don't know if you've ever had like the coding highs, right? Have you ever, you ever participated in like a long session of coding where you have a coding high and you just like, you feel like you can solve any problem and you just start coding like crazy for what seems like three hours. Right. Usually like I'll turn on music and that's when I get into to kind of like that coding high. And that's when I want to keep that going. So uh, music mainly for working out and that, but podcasts for all the dull times where it's like, I'm not doing anything. So I might as well like learn something. Okay. So the the way I kind of summarize that, and I think we're, we're pretty similar in this way is that it's kind of works. Music works sort of inverse of your like cognitive load. The more cognitive load you have, the more you, lean towards music versus a podcast you really are kind of devoting your attention to is is that kind of fair to say yeah at least in my case i i want to dedicate the time to podcasts because i feel like if i turn on podcasts when i'm doing something like you said with that requires more cognitive power then i don't feel like i'm retaining enough of that podcast so usually then I feel like it's wasted time like i'd be better off you know serving up music that i have listened to before now i'll say this is that new music totally throws that out the window, that relationship out the window. Cause if it's something new, I want to listen to that with zero cognitive load. Uh, I would rather listen to like a new album with nothing else on my mind because I want to kind of absorb that the way it is. Cause then you start to appreciate it. And then 
you kind of pick out all the things that you do like. And the next time you listen to it, you've already kind of, I guess, absorbed most of it. So I'll say new music is the exception to that rule. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's, we're fairly similar that way. Um, I, I think the new music thing for me is a kind of a discredit. Like I don't really, um, separate the two. Um, podcasts are definitely something I do while driving still, but especially if I'm sort of, if I've got to think or process or write or something like that, um, if I can't do something sort of passively, um, at the same time, then I'm, I'm going to, um, switch to, something more like music where I can, um, it could just be that background noise. Um, I'm kind of like you podcaster for the most part, something I want to devote my attention to. And there are a few podcasts that I might slip up a little bit more and be okay with it being more background noise. If it's sort of lower on my rung or, or of podcasts I need to listen to, if that makes sense. So, um, but there's a good grip of them. I'd say I want to give my hundred percent attention to, but, um, so the other thing I kind of wanted to bring up is, and I think this is kind of important, is sort of how the the medium has changed over the over the uh, years. I mean, so music itself is is not vastly changed, but the the way we consume it has changed immensely. And um, of course, I think everybody knows we're by most standards fairly young still, and so um, in our lifetimes. We haven't been through as much in terms of the way of mediums, but um, at least when I was around, like when I was very, very little, cassette tapes were kind of still a thing. But really, as we started, to, as I started to get to like an age where I could, you know, even go to the store with my parents and discern artists and things like that, like CDs were the thing. And so I kind of really pretty much grew up around CDs because it was like five to seven years old when CDs were kind of getting big. And so I'm kind of curious for you, Adam, you're a couple of years older than me. Do you remember having cassette tapes and that kind of being a thing or was CDs the thing for you? So when I, when I listened to music on my own, it was definitely right around the the time that CDs were becoming more portable and more accessible. So I'll, I'll say that when I first started listening to music, it was always in the car with my parents, right? That was usually what we listened to. Or I'd have the radio, um, FM radio in my room, you know, with a little clock radio. So that was it. And then it wasn't until CDs that I that I got into everything. But uh, my mom definitely had like these really cool, this really cool cassette player in her car. And it had like the, uh, the track detection where basically you could fast forward and it would fast forward through the tape and stop at what it assumed were silences or breaks between tracks. So it actually had like a, a pseudo quote unquote, like track skip function for this cassette. Cause that was the one thing that was annoying about cassettes, right? Is you'd have to fast forward and hope you got to the right spot. Uh, otherwise you'd have to rewind and try to get to the beginning of the song. But uh, her CD player had some like really cool thing where it basically would just seek ahead until it found a silence, like just zero waveform. And be like, Oh, this is probably the end of this track. And then it would wait till the next one. So it was pretty cool. It got wonky at times. Like you could tell it wasn't perfect. So it would assume tracks based off of, you know, when you started the tape or when you rewound the tape all the way to the beginning. So it would count. And if you got it like thrown off just a little bit, the count would go up. So it'd say, this is tracks five. And it's like, well, no, this is actually track three. It's just, you skipped it. You know, you miscounted a track twice. So good for you. But, uh, that's really funny. I mean, that first of all, that's something I've never even heard of that, you know, 
this sort of thing where it could like skip tracks for you and and had some degree of logic to it. But um, that's really cool. Like, I mean, it seems for the time it was probably like extremely innovative. Oh yeah. Like that was at the, towards the end of the cassette age. So this is when they're like, Oh yeah. See CDs. I know they got this like track thing, but we we can do that too. We got this. Like we can totally do this. (laughs) And it's like, well, kind of, but not really. But, um, I, I definitely got into CDs, so I got a CD player. I remember I had like this big stereo, like three disc CD changer. Which three disc? I was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. And the uh, the very first CD I got was uh, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack from you know nineteen nineties. So I was a pretty hardcore kid in my room listening to Mortal Kombat. Bam, 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 bam. Very cool, very cool. Um, the one I can remember, like. I think, so I got a CD player, I don't know, I was probably seven or eight, and um, the one I, the first CD I can really remember having on that was, that was quote-unquote my own, was like Blink-182, which was really edgy for like, you know, my age. <laughs> wait, 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 which which Blink-182 album though? Uh, I don't even know the album name. Is it name. Dude it's, Ranch? Is the one with the bull and the nuts? No, it's... Uh, or is the one with the lady with the, the glove? I think it was black and with like uh, green and yellow and red. Let me let me Google. Oh, take off your pants and jacket. Oh, come on, man. That's wow. You're not that much younger than me. I don't know, man. Um, let's see here. It's take off your pants and jacket. If it's it's yellow, red and green, like a stoplight. Um, okay, so no, no, no. It's the one with the glove. It's totally the one with the oh, glove. I'm remembering that's Enema of the State. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yep. So that was that was the one that I got first, and I remember that being kind of like my first one. And everybody was like, "You have Blink One Eighty Two." My parents were like, "I don't know." They just didn't seem to limit me that much that way. They weren't like, "Hey, you can't have that because it's a little edgy for your young years." But you know, <laughs> whatever. So it was fun. That Adam song on there is kind of depressing for me. It's like, oh, it's the song. You know, it's my song, and it's all about uh, suicide. So it's like, oh well. That's depressing. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember playing around with my um, my parents' like vinyls and stuff like that even before that. But it really wasn't like super common. And then, I mean, it was really only like five or six years into CDs for me. Like, I mean, as I got to the age where I could afford them a little bit. Like, my parents, I, I wasn't really paying for them. But my dad would always, he had a rule that he would go to the record store like once a week. And he would get a new CD himself. And I could get one like once every like couple weeks or something like that. So I would always try to get something. But I mean, what it was like 2004, 2005 or something like that. Like, I think I started getting into iTunes, you know, it was, uh, the iPod was out and, and I had one of the like second or third generation ones and everything was digital at that point, you know, it's, it's crazy. So, and, and today, I mean, we're kind of quote-unquote sunsetting even that or like it's going to just streaming now right yeah man so i remember you know you mentioned you had ipods or you had cds for a hot minute and i remember the first mp3 player that i got was a dell jukebox so it was like the dell version of the ipod ah and it had this really weird like instead of a click click wheel it was like a scroll wheel it's just like a big mouse you know with a display and it clicked in and everything too it was uh pretty crazy and you didn't use itunes with that you used um like music match jukebox or something like that Uh some crazy crazy program but 
but still with those, right? The the difference there is like most of the time there you'd still buy the CD because I didn't have an MP3 player in my car and I didn't have one at home, right? Like I just had you know the the stereo that I had. And I sure I could plug in, you know, a a 3.5, you know, millimeter jack into the the MP3 player and then put that through the stereo, but the CD was still better quality and I could take that, you know, with me everywhere. It didn't require, you know, the batteries or whatever. So usually the CD would either stay in the home stereo or in the car until I finally got a, you know, a CD player in the car that would support um, MP3 discs. And then that was all the rage for all of two years. So, but yeah, I mean like now physical media or like purchasing media, even it's like, who does that? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I definitely remember kind of being like DJ in the car because I couldn't drive and, you know, I was the, you know, music person. And so I would have like, you remember those big like binders that were like CDs, you know, with CD sleeves all in them. And I mean, I think I had like 64 CDs in, in the car at any time. And, you know, I would just, I'd be like, all right, you know, you want to listen to this song from this album? Okay, hold on, give me a second. Let me flip to that one, grab it, prepare it. What song is it on the disc? And, you know, eject the CD and in it goes and, you know, get us to that song. And then, you know, what do you want to listen to next, you know? Did you ever have a car with like the multi-CD changers, right? The ones where like you had that like cassette that came out and you could just shove, you know, like 10 CDs in there or eight CDs and put it back in there. Did you ever have one of those? We had one of those, and the the bad part, though, is it was in the trunk. So you could load it up, but you would have to load it up in the trunk. And so you couldn't, like, stop. But, you, I mean, I mean, you couldn't – I guess you could try to do it at a stoplight, but good luck, you know. It was like – so you would – I think it was, like, six discs. And, yeah, you could control it all up front, but you couldn't change anything while you were driving. Right, right. Yeah, so it's like you pick your six favorites, you know, and put them back there. And you rotate, like, every three months. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So, but anyway, today we're at streaming and I mean, even streaming has been like a journey in and of itself. I mean, I don't know about you, but I started with uh, like Pandora. Pandora was like OG streaming for me. If I don't know if that was the case for you. Yeah, so um, I, I went through my phases, right, where I would still download everything. But in terms of like streaming, Pandora was definitely like the foray into quote-unquote internet radio so i guess if you want to call that streaming where you just basically choose a song and then let it choose a station like yeah sure yeah i mean i think that was kind of like the the start of it because you didn't own the content and it wasn't really downloaded it was streaming to you and granted we weren't really paying for it i mean you were the 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 product again but at the same time yeah i think that was kind of like the beginning and then the, the really the first one that I can really recall kind of like catching on that I was into was um, I think it was it was called RDO or whatever. But I, I know this is one I think you were big into, if I recall correctly. Oh, man. Rest in peace, RDO. RDO was my favorite streaming platform. You know, quick, really quickly, like Pandora is Internet radio. And I don't consider radio like streaming because the whole point of like streaming was stream whatever you want on demand. Right. And with Pandora, it's not so much that you get to pick what you're listening to. You're just tuning a station, right? So I I never really counted that as streaming because it's like, okay, well, it's basically like they just have a bunch of radio stations and I get to tune into those radio stations for free and listen to ads. It was the exact same model as radio, uh, at least when it debuted, right? 
And before that, like if you want to call streaming, you know, media, then we were all streaming through the radio. That's all it was. We had no control over it. Um, that's why I always like, I kind of mark the streaming like starting point as the ones where I could choose. I want to listen to this whole album and stream this whole album right now without downloading it. Just as soon as it comes out, I want to be able to stream it um, or listen to it. So that's when I consider the streaming start. So RDO was what I consider my first foray into actual streaming music. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I understand the delineation you're going for there and I think it's okay. Um, so then, I mean, I don't know about you. I delved into Spotify for a little bit, um, mainly because they kind of grew past RDO and RDO, I don't know, they got shut down, acquired. I don't even really remember what happened to them, but they just went away. And they had all the polish in the world. Don't get me wrong. Their their product looked 10 times better than Spotify has ever looked. But um, Spotify won out. And, I mean, it was really big in Europe, I know, for a long time before it ever came to America. And they really seem to have, like, the the playlists are, like, on point. They're on point in terms of... Um, you know, they're like curation. Um, and so they, they won over in, in the long run. But uh, did you ever jump into the Spotify bandwagon? I was on Spotify for two months and on the student plan and I could not get into their, their apps and their UI. It just, it felt like a chore to pull up and listen to it anytime. So I, I was never big on that Spotify. I think I switched from RDO to Spotify at one point in time because Spotify had a cheaper plan for students. And then I went back to RDO very quickly and was like, hey, please, RDO, don't go. And then RDO eventually, you know, ran into the ground. And then I think I switched to Apple Music at that point. Okay. that You know, that makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, Apple Music's only been out a couple of years now. And, you know, it's, um, I really feel like it's it's sort of neck for neck with, with Spotify in a lot of ways. And I mean, Polish-wise, it's just nice that if you have an iPhone, it's integrated. So <laughs> there's a lot of perks when, when it's on the platform. So, um, you know, I think uh, they they both have their advantages and their disadvantages, but that's kind of where we are today. You've got the two top dogs of Spotify and, and Apple Music. But um, So I think the next one or, or sort of question I, I wanted to, like, turn to is um, is one that is – very different for everybody in a lot of ways. And so um, I think depending on – your answer may differ based on what you're doing too, and that's okay if it does. But are you a fan of somebody curating a playlist for you or would you prefer to curate your own playlist or create your own playlist? So, yeah, it does definitely depend on on what you're doing. Um, I, I subscribe to a couple curated playlists um, for things that – I don't want to, I guess, invest a lot of time in trying to create a playlist for. So like one of them that I have is like a yoga playlist because like, dude, I don't have a bunch of yoga music in my library. I don't want to go searching for a bunch of music that I think yoga is going to be good, you know, or pair well with yoga. So I'd much rather go with a curated playlist for something like that. Um, But I'm a big fan of smart playlists. Like I don't really do a lot of, here's my playlist, right? I have maybe one or two like creative playlists um, that I actively listen to. One is for workouts and the other is for, I don't even know something else, but I'm a big fan of smart playlists. So even my shuffle, like I don't go to my 
my like just library and say shuffle all my songs. I have an actual smart playlist set up, which is one of the, kind of the nice things about Apple Music is um I have the smart playlist that basically says like anything that hasn't been skipped in the last three weeks and anything that hasn't been played in the last week and it sorts it all by the last play date. So basically you get what I consider like a better shuffle where you don't get repeats as often because it's taking the date that it was played versus the date that, you know, it thinks you wanted to listen to it or whatever. Uh, there are some caveats there. Like it really only works with desktop iTunes. Yeah, man. Curated playlists are they're most of the time a miss for me and creating my own playlist. That's a lot of work and props to the people that, you know, will actually go and, and do that. But I, I'm not a, I don't have that much time. I, I don't, I don't take a, a lot of consideration into putting things into a playlist and putting them in the right order and seeing how it's going to flow. Like I don't really do that. Okay. That's a, that's an interesting take. So one, I guess we're definitely very different here. Um, I definitely rely on curated playlists a lot because I don't have the time to do the self curated playlist. Kind of like you said, I mean, hands down to the people that do, it's just not my thing. And, um, I can't do that. I can't sit there for that long and just think through, you know, why this song goes to that song and like, you know, things like, I don't know, beats permitted and everyone, this is a great workout song or whatever. That takes a lot of mental effort and it's something that I can't do. But, um, and then there's a piece of me that kind of, you know, I either run between curated playlists or I will sometimes sort of DJ, you know, like I just am kind of throwing darts at a wall, like, hey, I want to hear this, I want to hear this, I want to hear this. And I usually stay at the same genre, you know, when that is happening. I'm not all over the place. Um, but, you know, if I'm in the mood for r and B, I'm just calling out R&B artists and usually asking for that to be played. Um, and so I'm kind of um, point blank just thinking of something off the top of the head. Um, I'm not a big fan of Shuffle, um, just because... My library is so eclectic and so big that it will just weave me through everything. And it just isn't my my thing or my cup of tea. So curated playlists for me are kind of like a go-to because a lot of times I'm usually into something like, like you said, mental cognitive load matches a lot of what I'm doing. So if I'm working out, I want something you know, fast beats per minute and it's sort of upbeat, either like, um, you know, pop rap, something like that. If I'm, um, doing something a little more thought provoking or reading or something like that, classical or something like that, or piano are kind of my go-to. So I kind of move all over the place when it comes to, um, how I listen to it. So you mentioned shuffle, right? RDO had like the best shuffle because you could shuffle your whole library and kind of like Pandora in the sense where, you know, they would give you like a station tuned to you. RDO, when you shuffled your mix, it would go through your library, but play like three songs kind of from the same genre and try to transition genres like without you knowing. So it would try to play something like heavy metal, then something rock, then something alternative, then something pop, then something like pop with rap artist, right? Then rap. And then it try to like gradually transition you into these different uh, areas of your library. Uh, and that was one of the things that I, I definitely miss uh, about RDO was turning on their shuffle was awesome because 
their shuffle was very much kind of like Pandora's too, where when you came to somebody like, no, nah, I don't want to listen to this right now. You could thumbs, thumbs down it. And basically the next couple items in the shuffle would reorder and say like, okay, well, if you don't want to listen to this right now, then we'll pick a different genre from the, uh, from your library and shuffle some of those songs. So they almost had like a genre based shuffle that would just cycle through all the genres in your library, uh, and kind of give you like a sampling, like a taster of each one, which was like, ah, that's the shuffle I want. That's, that's what I, that's what I need in my life. Yeah. I am definitely on board with that. That mentality works so well. So, all right. So the, the next question is, are you sort of music ADD or, and, and what I mean by that, are, are you the person that like skips a song halfway through or is sort of all over the place? I mean, I'm guessing by how you said you like RDO shuffle that you're not, or are you the person that is like, Hey, you know what? I'm listening to this album straight through. Like I listen to an album for an album and it tells a story. And so I'm listening from track one to track 12 and I don't really jump album to album. So most of the time, like it really depends. Like if I'm on shuffle, obviously I'm going to skip through stuff. And if it's something that I've heard before, like I'll listen to the part that I, I want to listen to. And then after that, I have no problems shuffling through something. I don't consider that like ADD, like I can't focus on a track, but I definitely skip around when I don't want to listen to something. But most of the time when I listen to, to music, I'm usually picking an album and I'm going through the album because I'm not a big playlist person, like we mentioned. So if I'm not shuffling, it's going to be albums all the way through. Um, that's just kind of the way that I like to to listen to things. And I do listen to the whole album. I don't pick like three songs out of the album and say like, oh, these are the only ones I'm adding to my quote unquote library. So the only ones I'm going to listen to, like, no, I'll listen to the whole album. And if there's a track I don't want to listen to, I'll skip it. But most of the time, album straight through. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, this is a, another area you and I differ. Um, I don't do album all the way through. I do more genre, and so everything is like, hey, I'm going to stick in the same genre, but I'm going to move song to song to song, artist to artist. I may hit one artist and hit like three songs across a couple albums, but then I'm going to move you know, away from that artist. Um, so genres is a big thing for me. Um, I do... I I hate music ADD when someone skips a song in the middle of a song. That drives me nuts. Um, I want to complete a song or at least get to the point where it's like, you know, the last verse has been sung and, and it's on its way out. You know, it's like, don't skip in the middle or get like a minute in and then skip. That that drives me nuts. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, sometimes it's a struggle, but I, I have listened to some albums straight through. Um, but it's a rarity for me to listen to an album straight through and, and to try to get like the bigger picture or the message. Um, it's something that I, I do sort of sparingly. And when I know that there's a good message to it or something, um, I have to be able to devote more brain power and cognitive load to it. So that's why I don't do it too often. Well, and this, this kind of goes, it depends on the artist too, right? Some albums are made to be listened all the way through. And you can argue that every artist kind of puts everything in a, you know, quote unquote logical or how they want the album to be formatted. But there are songs that actually tell a story from like one song to the other. Um, especially when you get into like classic symphonies, right? Like you have to listen to that in order. Otherwise you're not getting kind of the same, the same feel, right? Like it's not the same story that's being told unless you're listening to it in order. But I think a lot of stuff these days, I think it's more often than not where it, it doesn't matter when you listen to it, right? Because they have their one hit and they're like, oh, okay, that's it. You know, like, that's fine. But there are albums that that I have that have to be listened in order. 
And what's funny is we also have this for podcasts, right? Where, you know, sometimes you can take a podcast and just listen to any episode you want and kind of pick up in the middle and, and go from there. And other podcasts have to be listened from one to the other. So I actually do have a, a playlist for a podcast, which is, uh, this is kind of going off of the music track, but, uh, the playlist that I have is called literally serial, <laughs> you know, cause serial is a very popular podcast. Uh, but the playlist is literally serial and it includes all the podcasts that I have to listen to in order and they're ordered from oldest to newest by podcast. So that playlist will just show me all the podcasts that need to be listened to in order. But I, I think now I should probably do the same for, for albums or like at least throw all the albums into one playlist that have to be listened to in order because I can think of a couple off the top of my head. And one is by a metal band called Atreyu and they have this whole song and it's a story about this guy getting bit by a vampire and then slowly turning into a vampire. And like each song is kind of like a stage uh, and like a narrative in that story. So that's one that I actually want to listen to like in sequential order. So I, I think for most of the time you're fine, like shuffling an album even, but there are those rare occasions, but they are rare. I don't, I want to say like you have to listen to, to an album, but that still, you know, goes back to my whole thing. Like new albums have to be listened to sequentially in order with nothing else playing just so you get the whole experience. And then after that, you can fuck with it however you want to. Yeah. So, I mean, I, w- I really wouldn't peg you as much of a, like a, a rap fan and I'm not, I would say super big into rap, but I would say oftentimes when I am going to listen to an album straight through, it's in the rap genre, um, that I do that. Um, but I think that's just cause oftentimes there's more of a story to it that I hear at least. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other genres and I'm like grossly overlooking stuff. Um, but I know a lot of times, um, like the the latest album that I listened to straight through when it came out was uh, Jay Z's album four four four. That one I I listened to and it was it was interesting, you know, to just hear almost like an, a maturity um, in, in someone who has like grown up and how his life has changed and he's he's having to think about like raising kids and like you know providing for his kids and a life after he's you know you know, gone and what is he leaving them legacy wise? And it's, it's very interesting um, to hear sometimes an artist go through that like mentally, but, um, but yeah, it's cool. So um, anyway, so we, we've kind of blurred this line a, a few times and I think I kind of answered the following question, but um, about, you know, Hey, that I like certain genres for what I'm doing. And so um Sometimes like workout, I'm listening to one thing that's, um, you know, a certain style versus you know, something that's cognitive taxing wise. I'm listening to more like piano or, or something low key. How does that sort of change with you, Adam? Or are you somebody who's just like, you know what, like it really doesn't matter if I'm coding, I can listen to, you know, a Treyu versus like, hey, if I'm, you know, doing something else, I can listen to Treyu too. Does it really change much for you or is it like, eh, it doesn't really matter? I think it all just depends on your mood. Like, I, I don't think the task is what determines what I want to listen to. It's more like how I'm feeling determines what I want to listen to. So to to answer your question, like, yeah, I, I can listen to any genre, you know, 
during any task. It, it's not going to dictate what, uh, what I'm going to listen to. Um, I may like lean w- more towards one or the other, but it really depends on my mood. Like if I need to like get up and moving, then I'm going to put on some heavy metal. It's like, if I'm, you know, wanting to cool down, then sure. I'm going to put on some classical. Uh, but yeah, like there'll be times where I just want to listen to something like stupid and funny, you know, so I'll, I'll turn on something like that. Or there's times that I want to listen to just pure robot noise at my ears. So I'll turn on something like dubstep, you know, it's like, it, it really just depends on how I'm feeling at the time. It's not the task that, that, uh, determines that. Interesting. Okay. I will say though, that there, there is never a place for country, never a place (laughs) ever. There's never a scenario where country is a genre that gets shuffled on my in in my ears. No. Country can die in a fire and I know there are a lot of people out there who love country but I hate it. I hate it. I can't do it. That's funny. I I I mean country is a a tough one for me. I I would say I don't often listen to it. I don't have none of it in my library but um it's it's sort of a rarity for sure. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you say that it really depends for you just what you're feeling. Um, because for me, it's so based on what I'm doing, that what I'm listening to. So to, uh, just interesting to hear that. Um, so I guess the the question I have to kind of look ahead a little bit towards the future is like, what what do you think music looks like and services and everything for the future? Like, I know we've talked a little bit about AI on the podcast, but like, do you think more AI is really going to be kind of the next step to kind of um, match us to the right music? Um, or what do you think, where do you think it goes from here or have any like parting thoughts? Well, I think like if you talk about the future of streaming services, it's like, Hey, you know, give me higher fidelity over lower bandwidth, you know, please do that. Like that would be awesome. Because streaming being compressed, like you can start to tell, especially when you listen to albums that you really love and appreciate, it's very easy to tell that things are being compressed. And I would love for them not to be compressed. And I would love to be able to stream that anytime. And no title, I'm sorry, I don't want to pay you a bunch of money for that. So Jay-Z, I know you have a new album and I know you got kids to support and everything, but title, no thank you. Um, So, I mean, I, I think in terms of technology, the future is always going to be how can we get, you know, less, you know, fidelity loss or less loss of fidelity and into lower bandwidth scenarios to stream easier. So I think that's always going to be the future of how you get streaming media, you know, kind of ubiquitous everywhere with like CD type quality or lossless type quality. Um, But to answer your question about artificial intelligence, I mean, like any term of, you know, or any type of machine learning that, computers are doing with genres. I think once they start analyzing things for beats per minute and for instruments and they start isolating out things, I think you're just going to see better personalization, right? Where I I mentioned audio had this really great shuffle where it shuffled through, you know, genres and stuff like that. But I I think you could get to a point where your shuffle would very much be based on your mood. And I mean, if you want to get into crazy connected future, it's like, Hey, you know what? I see that you're doing a workout right now. I've already tuned up a workout mix for you and I see that your heart rate's starting to drop a little bit. Let's, you know, bump up a song that's a little bit faster to kind of get you back up to where you are. And I can see tons of things playing into that, right? Where you're very much tuned to, at least for me, right? This this would be my future because as we mentioned, I'm very much how I'm feeling dictates what I want to listen to. So 
I think once you get into that, like AI is going to create music. We talked about that before where they're going to know all about music and they're going to make their own pop songs, which is kind of scary. And it doesn't sound that great yet, but uh, I think we'll get there. And I, I just think personalization is going to go through the roof, right? Because the more, I guess the better or the more the machine knows about the song or the instruments or the, the rhythm or the beats or just the, everything that they can gather and learn about this and all the data crunching that they can do is just going to mean that they can serve you up more recommendations. Like, Hey, we know you like this. Here's a really similar thing. You'll probably like this too. So I I just think that personalization is going to be the future of, of what music is. Like you have people now curating playlists, but that's a person, you know, putting together a very particular set of things. And I I don't know if that will necessarily go away, but I think the AI part of it was like, Hey, you know what? Like, Here's all the stuff in your library. Here's a great, you know, overall mix of what you have. And we've aligned it and categorized it in a way that we think will flow nicely based on, you know, everything that it knows. I think that's where it's going to go. Yeah, I think AI is the next natural step. And, um, you know, when you brought up that I really hadn't even thought about it, it's just sort of fidelity of the audio and compression, you know, um, that I think will probably be really nice when it gets here. Um, I mean, this is such a funny one for me because I'm not sure I'm going to notice a massive change to my ear because I can't really discern the difference between, I guess I would say like CD quality and, you know, anything higher, but um, I'm no audiophile for sure. But that being said, um, I'm always a fan of like, Hey, I can stream hours and hours of content and use, less data doing that that's totally cool i think that that's really kind of a a great next step if we can get to that point um where that is the case um you know i mean i think the other thing that's really going to be big is sort of like collaborative features you know we're seeing some of that with the streaming services but as more and more and more people get on these sort of platforms being able to easily sort of um kind of get some like social cues without it turning into like Facebook 2.0 in music is going to be, I think important because it's really cool to sort of discover what your friends are listening to and what you're listening to and that's how music is shared, you know? So I think that's kind of like common next steps, I guess I would say. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when you listen to music with other people, like that's always been hit or miss for me. Right. Cause I mean, like you and I are friends right? Like you and I have very different tastes in music. So there's a lot of times when I look at your music here and I'm like, really, that's what you're listening to. And I'm sure there's time where you look at mine. It's like, really, that's what you're listening to. And I I have to say that it's pretty rare. And maybe this just goes to me not uh, following or befriending enough people with my same tastes in music. But uh, I've always found it like tough, right? To, To get music recommendations. And I always did like how um, audio does it. And now Apple music does it where they kind of put like just the icon of the person or one of your friends who's listened to the album. So if you start listening to an album and one of your friends has, it has their little, you know, circle or icon next to it. So I was, I've always liked that. So the more they do with like the passive part of it, like you said, not creating a Facebook 2.0 or not creating a social network around it, but at least, you know, just giving subtle cues that, you know, this is something that your friends are also listening to. I'm all for that. Why not? Yeah, I, th- I think those subtle things are nice. Um, so anyway, we'll have to see uh, what 
it comes to in the next couple of years. I mean, this is a fast moving industry. It seems like, you know, we moved from cassette tapes to CDs to iTunes to streaming services in just like 15, 20 years. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not very long in the tooth that we'll probably be, you know, kind of taking the next turn towards whatever's next. So anyway, that being said, do you have anything else to say, Adam, before we wrap this one up? What's the your current like favorite album that you're listening to right now? Oh god, like whole whole album? Yeah. Um man, I don't know that I have a favorite at the moment. I'm just thinking. You know, the one that is so funny to me is um that has kind of made a made a comeback. So, um I'm actually looking forward to their album. It's, it hasn't completely dropped yet. Only the single has, but um Maroon 5 was never a fan. I was like never a fan when they were big five, ten years ago. And I, I feel like I was in like high school or middle school. I don't know, probably high school. Um, I wasn't a fan of their music, but they're, some of their new singles that are coming out, they're really good. But as far as like whole album that I know is out right now, Imagine Dragons album is probably like my favorite right now. So Maroon 5 out of everything? Maroon 5, like I'm, I'm anticipating their album because I, I the single I like at the moment, but like album wise, Imagine Dragons. Okay, cool. I was just curious. Like, I I, I didn't want to say like anticipation. I'm just kind of like, what's like running through like on repeat for you? But you don't even listen to albums, so it's kind of a bad question. So yeah, well, I mean, the question should then be turned on you. What are you listening to? Yeah. So uh, late lately, it's been the new Panic at the Disco album, like. That's been kind of on repeat in our house for a little while now. That's um, pretty good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I'm, you know, it it wasn't too long ago that they had like another album before this, right? Or I guess actually I say they, but it's really just you know one guy now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's a good album. And then outside of that, like I still have my metal stuff that I'm kind of churning through. And uh, there's this band that I really like called August Burns Red. And just today, actually, I uh, I downloaded or added to my library one of their their earlier albums which has been remixed and oh man this new mix is so much better than the old mix and just rediscovering that album is freaking awesome so i'm really enjoying that so those are probably the two i know i cheated you know and (laughs) picked two instead of just one but those are the two that are on repeat for me all right all right that's fine no worries i'll I'll give you two because you know i kind of picked Half of one. One-esque, yeah. It's like half of one. Um, all right, cool. So uh, that uh, pretty well sums up music for us. But um, I guess in a, a little bit of wrap-up, um, I just got back from uh, vacation today, and um, I I went north to visit our uh, Canadian friends. So, um, Adam, do you, do you know what what's in Canada? I- I saw this question and then I'm like, what do you mean? Do I know what's in Canada? Like there's people, there's snow, there's moose, there's Canadian Mounties. Like there's a, a country. I mean, what, be more specific. What do you mean? Uh, there, there's a brand in Canada. Uh, go, go tell, tell me what it is. What is it? Lululemon. So your favorite okay. brand. Yes. Um, and I forgot to add this. So you asked if I had anything to add in. I totally did. So go ahead and tell me your Canadian Lululemon story or Lululemon story. And I'll, I'll tell you mine. Okay, so well, first of all, the um, the exchange rate is extremely good. 
So um, let's just say I can shop Lululemon for 30% off, which, you know, hey, makes the shorts more reasonable. So, you know, uh, I picked up some uh, shorts while I was up there and like two pair of pants. And so, yes, I spent some money with our Canadian friends. And this is sort of like Vancouver, where I went, is like the Mecca. That's where the city, where they actually like founded it. So... There's like something like five stores in Vancouver. It's it's a little ridiculous, but yeah, we only ended up going to two, I think, of the stores. Um, we just happened to be walking past um, both of them at different points. I mean, we knew it was something we wanted to do, but we we stopped and yeah, it's it was kind of like a mecca. They literally do um, so they serve. I don't know if you've ever done kombucha, but they do kombucha on tap there. They also have like a seamstress in store, like fixing clothes. If there's anything wrong with your clothes, you just bring them to her and she um, will go ahead and, you know, fix them because remember I said there's lifetime warranty on them. So if they can't fix them, they replace them. So yeah, that was cool. It was an interesting thing to see. So uh, I was recently the last week I was just kind of walking around um, trying to kill some time because one of the, one of my kids was at uh, like basketball, open gym basketball for an hour and a half. So I was walking around with the other kids and there was a Lululemon pop-up store. So I was like, huh? All right. I've never stepped foot in one of these things in my entire life. And I know that Lou loves Lulu. So I'm going to just walk in here. So I walk in here and there's no one in the store. And the salespeople immediately like jump on me like hawks. They're like, how are you doing today? I'm like, good. And I just from, come from the beach. So like I'm wearing, you know, just kind of like just a regular t-shirt. I have board shorts on, sandals, and my legs are covered in sand. You know, and I have, you know, two kids with me. And I'm walking around the store. I'm like, how's it going? Anything I can help you find today? And I'm like, no, nah, that's cool. I'm just browsing. So the first thing that they have is just this rack of hoodies. And I'm like, okay, hoodies like this, this makes sense. Right. So I go up there and I feel the hoodie. I'm like, Oh, this feels like, you know, like almost like a windbreaker slash hoodie. And so, and then I turn and I, I look at the tag and, you know, I'm kind of looking at sizes and I look at the price and I kind of sit there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, really $128 for this hoodie. And I'm like, $128. Now I, I when I, when I asked the guy about this, I'm like, I'm like, you guys have any like sale prices? He's like, no, no, not right now. And I was like, so 128 bucks for a hoodie, huh? And he's like, he's like, well, they last forever. And, you know, they do have the lifetime warranty. So, you know, you can always come in and, you know, repair them whenever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. So then I start walking around. And I look at your shorts and I find the short, right? The T-H-E short. And I'm like, oh, here's the shorts. Here's the shorts. And I'm feeling your shorts. And I'm like, you don't wear those out in public, do you? Or are those just your workout shorts? I've been wearing them for the last six days, dude. I have like four pair of them. Remember, five pair of them. And yeah. what? How many inches are you? The eleven or the nine or the what? What are you? What are you? Oh, I'm definitely in the eleven club, dude. I'm not about sporting the thigh. Nope, I am not doing that. So retail is about what fifty eight dollars for a pair of shorts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, um, that's not horribly overpriced. Like I've definitely paid for shorts that are around thirty dollars, right? But I will try not to do that ever you know, unless Costco has some crazy deal on shorts. 
But uh, so the other thing though is they definitely do have a sale rack, or they have like a I shouldn't say like sale rack, like clearance rack. I guess I would say the only thing is everything is final sale on it, so you got to be a little careful. Like make sure 100 percent it fits, you're good. You're not gonna like you know buy it as a gift and someone needs to return it kind of thing. Um, and usually it's sort of like the styles that are going out, and they do have outlets um, that you know they they like send stuff to if it doesn't you know make it off the rack. But I mean. So you would do really well with the sale racks um, because you're sort of like mid-average guy, you know, size. So there's a lot of like medium-large like sizes on those racks. There's very little small and there's very little like me who's like XXL. So yeah, there's it's it's hard for me to shop off those racks and I get really lucky if I do find anything on them. But um, on those, you know, something like a – like I think you said – the jacket was like $130 or something. You might be able to find it for like 89 or something like that, like 30 or 40 bucks off. You're not going to find it for like 50 bucks, but it'll be on sale more and more, you know, if, if you catch it at the right time. So one of these days, my goal is to find something from Lululemon that I would actually put on and wear and then put that on like a, a wish list or like a, Hey Lou, when you have extra money you want to spend and you want me to have a good time and you want to talk about something fun on a podcast, just send me this article of clothing. I'll wear it and I'll review it with you on the air. Yeah. See, this is funny because like I have to like cross between like something you would be completely uncomfortable in versus like, no, I want you to be comfortable in it, you know? So it's like, I could buy you the three inch inseam Lululemon, which you can only get online, which like at that point, I don't even know if it's covering everything. So, you know, we got to be careful, but I don't want to send you those because then you're going to hate your life. So, you know, I, I got to find the right like thigh length for Adam, you know, how much I, I could get by with a nine, man, like that, that'd be showing some leg and I could get by with that. Um, but normally like my, sh- I think mine are like 13, I want to say. Yeah, and then you gotta you gotta really like think too. Like, do you want linerless or do you want linered? Where it's I like, don't want no know. liner. I don't want no net holding my junk. Is that what that is? The net? Is that what you? No, 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 no. It's it's not net. It's it's more like a like a piece of. I, I mean, it it is like holding you in. But essentially, you don't wear like boxers with it at all. You're. It's essentially like a. It would be like being wearing like spandex boxers underneath your your. Um, typical shorts. So it's like having a pair of like, you know, compression boxers on underneath because essentially they're, they're like compression. And then you've got the, the like short on the outside of it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, you just got to like go into a store and try those two things on and tell me what your preference is. Cause there's a nice part to it. And then there's not a nice part to it. Personally, I'm okay with having the, the linered when I'm working out some, like if I'm doing spin, man, yeah, liner's cool um, because I, I don't have to worry about being in boxers too and, and everything. It's just like when I'm done, I rip that whole thing off and, and go shower, you know. Um, but it's a something that I can understand. I don't like netting in my swimsuit, so I'm with you. I'm just going to give you my dimensions and let you go ham. Yeah.
Yeah, man, don't be afraid to like interject or laugh every once in a while. You're so you're so so robotic. <laughs> All right, I will try to be more human. <laughs> try to be more human. I'm sorry, but there are only so many times that the country people can be happy and sad. And they're either partying all night and drinking too much Bud Light or their tractor won't start and their dog died and their girlfriend broke up with them and they're just miserable. And I I couldn't care less. Oh, and I totally need to go to like Lululemon at some point and try on like five inch shorts and I need to send you a picture in five inch shorts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I told you to do that a long time ago. Do they make five inch? Oh my gosh. They make three inch, dude. I know you said the the three inch ones and I was like, that's, that's, that's not enough. (laughs) They're, they're online only, but yeah, that's, I mean, dude, I don't, I don't even know that my junk would be covered with three inch. Like, my gosh. So I just went to their website and there's just a big butt on the screen now. So that's great. The hard part about the sale rack though is like, if you, you gotta like try it on, dude, like, there's no, there's no return. I was thinking the outlet. I'm sorry. The outlet. Yeah, and the outlet is the same way. Like everything is final sales. So it's like, really, it's the hard. outlet is too? Ah, it's yeah. Bulls, bull, yeah. bull poop. Ah, see, this is why you get no respect from me. Right here. This, this is why. <laughs>